Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Previously on the Cherry Picking Podcast, Minnesota has been rowing the boat, so PJ Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. (laughs) And they're going to get a win against Maryland this weekend, but their four games to end the season will be brutal. They have Penn State at home then they go to Iowa which is a tough place to win on the road and then they're at Northwestern and then Wisconsin to the end of the season so that that's a tough four game stretch at the end of the season but they're 7 and 0 right now they're feeling themselves and they're rowing that boat so anything is possible Kansas surprised me and the record is still bad but this team is Not the same Kansas team that we've seen in the past. This team is sticking around in games. This team is putting up offense, putting up points on the board. Kansas is going to probably be pretty competitive next year out of the Big 12. But, yo, respect to Kansas and to Les Miles. He's doing the damn thing down there in Lawrence, Kansas. I honestly think that Kansas is going to get two Big 12 wins this season. I know they currently have zero wins. But their next four games look pretty manageable. I think they could get two. They could sneak away with two wins in the Big 12 this season. And I think that's a huge, huge accomplishment for this program that has been in the basement for over a decade now. The last time that Kansas won at least two conference games was all the way back in 2008 when head coach Mark Mangino was still the head coach. That season, they won four Big 12 games that season en route to an 8-5 and five record. They also won the Inside Bowl that season, which was also the last time Kansas has gone bowling. Now, I don't think they're going bowling this year. In fact, they're not going to go to a bowl game this season. But I think if they can win two games this season and do something they haven't done since 2008, that's a huge accomplishment. That's a huge win for Les Miles. And And I think that's something that you can build on for next season. So I'm going out there. I'm staking my claim. And I'm saying it. Kansas is going to win two Big 12 games this season. Mark my words. Then we have Texas Tech versus Kansas. This game is in Lawrence. And I'm not so sure that Kansas will lose this game. I really really could see Kansas winning this game. They They want to win in the Big 12. I think they could get it this weekend at home against Texas Tech. I'm just throwing it out there. So two games that I'm really interested in are the Oklahoma over Kansas State matchup as well as the USC over Colorado. I have those highlighted and I just I feel like those may be more competitive games than we may think compared to the other locks that I had mentioned and from the other conferences. I think the Big 12 and Pac-12 matchups for this weekend, those will have the most intrigue and I'm going to keep my eyes on all the games. But those two matchups in particular, I'm really interested in. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and let's just dive right in. Week 9 action was 
awesome. I mean, there were a lot of exciting storylines, including the upset of Oklahoma this past weekend at the hands of Kansas State. The Big 12 had a crazy day of action this past weekend. And of course, the LSU versus Auburn game was amazing. So let's just dive right in. We'll talk about week nine action. I'll preview week 10 and uh, we'll start this off like we normally do with my power five locks for week nine. In the ACC, I had Clemson over BC. BC lost this game, as you would imagine, to Clemson by the score of 59-7. to Clemson looked like the old Clemson that we've known in the past, past couple seasons here. Clemson racked up 674 total yards in this game. Trevor Lawrence, he threw for three touchdowns through the air. And Travis Etienne, the amazing running back for Clemson, also added three touchdowns on the ground. So this team continues to roll on through the ACC competition on its schedule. This week, I believe they play Wolford, so that should be a nice little victory for Clemson this weekend. But I get the victory in the ACC. In the Big Ten, my lock was Minnesota over Maryland. Minnesota got the victory 52-10. to So P.J. Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. <laughs> and they continue to roll on. You heard the soundbite earlier in the podcast to start the show off. Minnesota has done very well through its early part of its schedule. The last four games, it's going to get a little thick. It could get a little hairy. <laughs> and so Minnesota may see a loss or two during the last four games of the season. But great win from Minnesota. They continue to row that boat. Then in the Big 12, I had Oklahoma over Kansas State. And I you heard it in the soundbite earlier to start the show. I was really intrigued with this matchup of Kansas State versus Oklahoma because I thought they had a shot to upset Oklahoma. I didn't pick them to do so, but the end result, you see it here. Kansas State gets the victory 48-41 to over Oklahoma. In this game, the Sooners had two fumbles which would prove to be very costly. And they were also outrushed by Kansas State. Combined yardage, 213 yards to 102. Oklahoma also committed some costly penalties in this game. And that is not an ingredient for success. Penalties and fumbles, that will kill you every time. And Oklahoma, unfortunately, learned that lesson the hard way against Kansas State this past weekend. This was the first home victory for the Kansas State Wildcats over Oklahoma since 1996 and just their fourth win ever over a top five team so great win for Kansas State and Chris Kleiman who's in his first year at Kansas State this team is rolling and the loss snapped Oklahoma's 22 game road win streak which spanned five years and 22 days since their loss at TCU that streak was the longest in the nation. So that's a, a tough break for Oklahoma. And with this loss, this is now the third consecutive week that a top 10 team lost to an unranked opponent with Oklahoma joining Georgia and Wisconsin. And this week, if I look ahead at the week 10 action, if I were to say that there's going to be another upset this week for the fourth straight week, the games that I think, uh, or the teams that I think have the biggest opportunity to do an upset this weekend would be Washington over Utah possibly and then also I would say just looking at the the schedule here USC over Oregon I think those two games have the greatest upset potential out of all action this weekend out of all college football action I think USC has an opportunity to upset Oregon and then Washington also has an opportunity to upset Utah Now, if you notice, both of those games are within the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has been kind of rocky this year. No team has really jumped out ahead as being 
a clear out favorite in the Big 12. I, I guess you could make a case for Oregon. But again, it's been very close within that conference this year. Utah's a team that I thought would make it to the playoffs at the end of the season. But I'm calling it out. I'm saying Washington has a shot to to upset them this weekend. Utah's ranked number nine, and Oregon is ranked number seven in the AP Top 25 poll. And I think USC may have an opportunity this weekend to beat them. So that's just looking ahead. But uh, yeah, that was my loss in the Big 12 this week. And if we look in the Pac-12, this past weekend I had USC over Colorado. That was a really close game. USC got the victory over the Buffaloes by a score of 35-31. to USC quarterback Kadon Slovis had a great performance passing for 406 yards and four touchdowns with one interception. His favorite target of the night was Michael Pittman Jr., who hauled in seven passes for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Now, on paper, this was a very evenly matched game. However, Colorado committed 13 penalties for a total of 109 yards. So anytime you're committing that many penalties in a game, I mean, you're playing undisciplined ball and there may be a problem there. So Mel Tucker, he's going to have to get his team playing disciplined ball. He's going to have to correct those issues this week, and uh, we'll see if they can bounce back from a very close loss to USC this past weekend. Then in the SEC, I had Bama over Arkansas. No contest there. Bama, even with a backup quarterback in place for Tua Tungavailoa, they still get the victory. 48-7, to quarterback Mac Jones stepped in for Tua while he's out injured. And in this game, Jones threw for 235 yards with three touchdowns. So very great win for Alabama, and they roll on. And with that victory in the SEC, that brings my overall total for Week 9 action, picking these Power 5 locks at 4-1. and one. Uh, overall, I'm 35-10, and 10, which is 78% accuracy, making these predictions each week. So... Not too bad. I think the last couple weeks I've gone three and two. This was a great week to go four and one, but I'm looking to go five and oh this weekend with my power five locks. So as I get into my locks for this weekend, I just want to let you guys know that my week 10 locks are brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. Best part, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your favorite picks. Just use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. That's promo code LATEFEES to double your cash. So please visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So with that said, my week 10 locks for this weekend's action, I have in the ACC, Pitt over Georgia Tech. Now Pitt let the Miami game get away from them last weekend, but I think the Panthers win big over Georgia Tech this weekend. In the Big Ten, Illinois over Rutgers. It's pretty odd to see Illinois as one of my locks within the Big Ten, but this week I really think that they're moving in the right direction. I think Lovey and his Fighting Illini squad, they need this win this weekend to keep their bowl hopes alive. I think they'll get their win this weekend to bring them to 5-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten Conference. And I think they are playing themselves right into perfect position to go to a bowl game at the end of the season. I predicted it in the preseason that Illinois would go to a bowl, and it looks like they may be manifesting that to reality uh, right now. So Illinois over Rutgers in the Big Ten. 
In the Big 12, I'm taking Baylor over West Virginia. Baylor is 7-0 right now and off to its best start of the season since 2015. So we'll see if they can roll on and get an easy victory over West Virginia. It's very odd to to say that uh, West Virginia will be an easy victory for its opponent, but West Virginia hasn't uh, looked like the West Virginia that we've known these you know over the past decade or so. So that program is definitely rebuilding, and so there will definitely be brighter days ahead, possibly next season. And then in the Pac-12, I'm taking Arizona over Oregon State. Arizona has won three out of the last four meetings with Oregon State. And I think that Kevin Sumlin's Wildcats went at home this weekend against the Beavers. <laughs> in the SEC, I'm taking Auburn over Ole Miss. I think Auburn rebounds big time this week against Ole Miss after their tough loss to LSU last weekend. So I'm going to run that list down for you one more time. This is my Power 5 locks within the Power 5 conferences for Week 10 action in the ACC Pitt over Georgia Tech. In the Big Ten, Illinois over Rutgers. In the Big 12, Baylor over West Virginia. In the Pac-12, Arizona over Oregon State. In the SEC, Auburn over Ole Miss. Now, real quick, I want to recap the games from Week 9 action. I'm going to start with Texas Tech versus Kansas. Kansas got the victory 37-34. And you heard it in the the beginning part of this podcast, I thought Kansas would have a shot to win this game against Texas Tech. I predicted them to do so, and they did it. In this game, Kansas racked up 527 total yards, including 415 yards through the air from its quarterback, Carter Stanley, who had three touchdowns. So he had a monster performance in this game against the Red Raiders. And Kansas's defense caused two Texas Tech turnovers in this game, so great performance from that defense. Again, Les Miles has got this team playing much differently. They are on a much different level. They're playing at a much different speed this season compared to last season. And while the record may not truly indicate that, I mean, these guys are balling out. And I say next season, you got to be on the lookout for Kansas. They may go bowling next season, seriously. And I still feel confident that they will get another Big 12 win this season. And that is great for this program because they haven't won two games in the Big 12 for a while now. I think since, what did I say, 2008 or something like that. So that would be great forward momentum for this program. Then if we look in the Big 10, there was Illinois versus Purdue. Illinois got the victory 24-6. to And Purdue is one of those sneaky teams that... You know, I've said it in earlier podcasts, I I don't have much success picking their games because games that you think they should win, they lose. And then games that you don't think they have a shot at all at winning, they upset teams. So Illinois did what it needed to do. It got its first road win since October 15th, 2016 at Rutgers. This was Lovey Smith's first back-to-back conference win in his entire four-year tenure down in Champaign. So that was this is great momentum built off of the Wisconsin victory a couple weeks ago. And Illinois did what it needed to do, and it beat Purdue. Great victory for the Fighting Illini. And in this game, Illinois had a great day rushing the ball. 242 yards, including a 131-yard rushing performance from Dre Brown from DeKalb. And great Great job. Great job doing the things that you need to do to win a game. Illinois' defense also came up big with two Purdue turnovers. So Illinois continues to roll on. I'm excited to see how this team will finish its season. And I think all hope is has been restored down there in Champaign. I don't think it's too premature for me to say that. I mean, I, I think they, they're going to do what they need to do to go to a bowl game. Mark my words. 
Now I want to talk about Temple versus UCF. This is a matchup that was in my backyard in Philadelphia. Uh, UCF came to Temple and they left with a 63-21 to victory over the Owls. I thought Temple would lose this matchup against UCF. And if you heard it in my little preview episode, I said that it would be a close game, but UCF would get the victory. But I did not think that they would get embarrassed like this at home. The Owls had previously been 4-0 at home this season, which included two victories over ranked opponents. Temple's defense, which has arguably been the strong point to this team, allowed UCF running back Otis Anderson to rush for a career-high 205 yards. So not a very good day for Temple's defense. At halftime, the score was 28-21, but in the second half, the Owls scored zero points the rest of the game and allowed UCF to put up 35 points on the board. So it's very, very embarrassing. During the last three wins for Temple, the Owls rushed for an average of 209 yards. During the last three losses for Temple, however, the Owls only averaged 48 yards rushing. So something's going on there with the ground game. They need to find a way to uh, become more productive running the ball. Um, they have they've had great success earlier in the season, but in those last three losses, they've only averaged 48 yards. As a team on Saturday, I think the team only rushed for 45 yards or 46 yards, something like that. And, you know, that's not acceptable. And you're not going to win games by barely cracking 50 yards rushing. Like you need to be you need to be racking up yards, you need to be sustaining drives for your team, keep your defense off the field, and by only rushing an average of 48 yards during these last three losses, that's unacceptable. For a team that's been pretty good running the ball this season and you know last season but uh yeah temple is not going to win very many games with that type of effort and i hope that rod carey is able to get his team uh in the right direction they have a bye week this week and they're going to need that but uh yeah that's unacceptable to 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 run so poorly and quarterback quarterback anthony russo he didn't have a, a great game by any means but you know the the temple Owls are gonna have to find a way to, to run the ball better than that and be more efficient in the ground game, or else they're not going to have much of a shot of any of winning ball games. I mean, they were, from a time of possession standpoint, UCF had the ball for twenty only 26 minutes. Temple had it for 33 minutes, but still, getting outrushed 385 yards to 45, that's, that's unacceptable. Especially when you look at the attempts, UCF rushed 48 times for 385 yards. Temple rushed 40 times for 45 yards. That's an average of eight yards per rush for UCF and only 1.1 rush rush yards for Temple. So they're going to have to fix that. And then the turnovers was a big issue in this game. Temple turned the ball over two times in this game. Two interceptions from Anthony Russo. So there's just some things that Temple's really going to have to work on and fix during this bye week and hopefully bounce back next weekend or in two weeks um, against USF. They have to go on the road. But tough loss for Temple. Then we have number nine, Auburn versus number two, LSU. This was the game of the week. LSU got the victory 23-20. to Like I said, this was a very close game for the most part. LSU outgained Auburn in total yards, 508 to 287 yards. And the biggest note of the game was the fact that these two teams were penalized a combined 27 times for a total of 216 yards. 
So that is not that was not a, a, a great day of football for those two teams being penalized that many times in the game. It really takes away from the action on the field. And both teams' defenses had three sacks and an interception apiece in this game. So the defenses played very well, very competitive. But really the the focal point of this game was LSU's stars. They performed very well including a 321-yard passing performance from Joe Burrow. And LSU's running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire also added 136 yards on the ground with one touchdown. So a very great game for those two starters. I said it before last week, LSU needed to play almost uh, an almost perfect game. You know, they had the advantage of being at home, but Joe Burrow would need to step up and perform very well, which he did. And he also got help from his main man, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So LSU rolls on. They get a bye uh, this week. They play Alabama, I believe, after that bye. So they they have put themselves in a really great position. They are now number one in the AP poll. And so LSU is a team that I was really high on this season, and they have not disappointed. So very great game for LSU, great victory. And those are the games that I was really glued to for Week 9 action. I hope you guys watched some of those games because they were really exciting. And if we look ahead to week 10, I want to tell you some games that you should be looking out for this weekend. So first off in the ACC, we'll start with Virginia versus North Carolina. UNC is at home during this matchup. The Tar Heels have lost back-to-back meetings with Virginia after taking seven straight victories over Virginia from 2010 to 2016. This North Carolina team is definitely playing much improved under Mac Brown. And I'm not so sure that Virginia will get the victory this year to make it three straight victories over UNC. North Carolina has lost some very close games. They've been in some very close games. Uh, I'm thinking about Clemson right now where they were within, what, a, a point of winning that game. So North Carolina, they have the the means to beat Virginia, and I, I'm I'm calling it an upset because Virginia is the better team, um, but I think North Carolina is playing better ball, and they have an opportunity to beat the Cavaliers this weekend at home, and I'm, I'm really excited to watch that game play out. Then in the Big 12, I have number two Kansas State versus Kansas, and Kansas is at, at home in this matchup. This is the 117th meeting of these two teams in the Sunflower Showdown, which is a really cute name for a rivalry. This rivalry game has been played every year since 1911 uninterrupted. Kansas has lost 10 straight against Kansas State. However, last year's meeting was the closest loss during that span. The score was 21-17 to with Kansas State getting the victory. But I am not so sure that Kansas State will get the victory this weekend. I think Kansas would love to upset rival, in-state rival, Kansas State this weekend. I think they have an opportunity to do so. Even though Kansas State got the victory and upset over Oklahoma last weekend, I'm not so sure that they won't be upset themselves this weekend against Kansas. I think that'll be a fun game to watch. I really do. And then in the Big Ten, Rutgers versus Illinois. Illinois returns home this weekend. And this is a game that Illinois needs to win just straight out. They need to win this game in order to stay in the bowl hunt. I think they will do it. I think it'll be a great a victory for Illinois. Three straight Big Ten victories for Lovey Smith and his program. So I think Illinois will take care of the job this weekend and they'll get it done. Then in the 
Pac-12. I have number nine, Utah versus Washington. The Huskies own a four-game win streak over Utah. I just, for some reason, feel like this has an upset in the making. Um, And so I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And then also in the Pac-12, USC versus Oregon. These two teams have not met since 2016, where USC beat the Ducks by a score of 45 to 20. So I'm looking to see what happens in this matchup between two teams that really have fun offenses to watch. I think this will be a matchup between two offenses, and I'm excited to see if USC can get the upset at home against number seven, Oregon. And then the game of the week, we have the world's largest cocktail party. Is that what it's still called? Number eight, Georgia versus number six, Florida. Florida was a team that I predicted to win the SEC East this season. And so we'll see how they can can do against number eight, Georgia. The Gators have lost five out of the last eight meetings, including two back-to-back losses to the Bulldogs. So... We'll see if they can get a victory this weekend. The last five games have all been decided by double digits. So whoever wins this game, chances are there'll be a lot of points that are are put up over its opponent. So we'll see uh, if Florida can get the victory this weekend. But that should be the, the biggest game of the night. Number eight, Georgia versus number six, Florida. So those are the games that I'll be watching this weekend. Hope you guys take the time to watch these games unfold and play out as well. We're already in week 10 action, so the season's almost done, my friends. We only have a few more weeks of the regular season, uh, and it's been a fun one. We've had three upsets these last three weeks. Really excited to see if we'll get a fourth upset this weekend, and uh, week 10 action should be a fun one. I'm really excited to see how everything plays out. Now, before we get out of here, I want to talk about my playoff tracker real quick here. So... On my playoff tracker, I have two unbeaten teams still remaining. I have number one, LSU. They beat number nine, Auburn, last week by a score of 23-20. to 20. LSU got rewarded by moving up one spot from number two to number one in the AP poll this week. LSU has a bye week this week, so they get much-deserved rest before heading into action in week 11. And they will face, I believe, Alabama in week 11 outside that the first week outside that bye, I think they get Alabama. So that should be a fun one. Then in the ACC, I have number four, Clemson. They beat BC by a score of 59-7 to this past weekend. This upcoming week for Week 10 action, they face Wolford. So that should be a, an upset there. No, that should be a victory there, rather. And then I had number 10, Oklahoma. They lost to Kansas State by a score of 48-41. to They dropped five spots in the AP poll after the loss to Kansas State. They dropped from 5 to 10. And they have a much-needed buy in Week 10 before resuming action in Week 11. Then we have number 9, Utah, who, despite the loss to USC earlier in the season, they've actually been playing very well. They've been moving up in the AP poll every week. They actually moved up three spots this weekend to number nine, and they beat Cal last week by a score of 35-0, so great win for the Utes. This week, though, they have a tough matchup against Washington in Week 10, so we'll see if Utah will remain in my playoff tracker or if they should be eliminated after this weekend's action against Washington because I think chances are good that we'll probably get a one-loss team in the playoffs depending on how the season plays out, but we most certainly will not get a two-loss Utah team in the playoffs. I think Utah is playing themselves in a position to make the playoffs this season. If things shake out the way they do and teams drop out of the top 10, Utah is is sitting pretty right now outside the playoffs with a a one-loss record. But if they lose to Washington this week, they are all but done. They are all but eliminated from the playoffs. 
So I'm I'm really excited for this weekend because there's some key matchups here. And we're getting into the heart of the schedule for a lot of these teams, the heart of conference play. And so if if Utah can take care of business and beat Washington this weekend, they will live to see another day on my playoff tracker. So there we have it, folks. That was my week nine recap, week 10 preview. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast because I've enjoyed giving you this content all season long. I'm excited for week 10 action. And honestly, I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. So thank you guys for listening to the show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Hope you have fun watching college football this weekend. And I'll talk to you again soon. Take care. From DeKalb. (laughs) Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com and if you are looking to interact with me via social media my twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin that's p-i-c-k-i-n on my twitter you'll also find a link to my blog where i post my weekly college football predictions and analysis i can also be reached via email at cherrypickingsports at gmail.com please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.